Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season eight, episode nine, called Citizen Thing. We start out at, I'm going to say this totally wrong, <laughs> Guidry's Cajun Cafe? Guidry's? I it's don't know. G- it's G-U-I-D-R-Y. Guidry's? <laughs> <laughs> I would guess Guidry's. Maybe Guy, Guy's Cajun Cafe. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're there. It's a Cajun cafe. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's a cafe. It's nighttime. Uh, we're in Karen Crow, Karen Crow, Louisiana. I'm just butchering everything. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Um, I, I, mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. So. <laughs> uh, so a man and woman leave the cafe. Uh, the camera goes in through the open door and there's a man drying dishes with his back to the counter. A young woman says, I sent Anthony home. So the kitchen's all yours and be sure to lock up the door and uh, set the alarm. She takes her her coat off the hook and says, uh, turn off the AC, check the burners, check the griddle. The man turns around and we see that it's Benny. Benny. Benny says, and clear off the cold table. I got it. Go on now. The young woman says, thank you, Roy. She turns to leave and a customer at the counter watches her go. She says, oh, and uh, don't forget to Z out the register. Benny says, and batch out the credit card machines. I know, darling, it's not my first rodeo, okay? Like, please leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and he, he smiles at her. She smiles back and says, I'll see you tomorrow. And then she leaves. Uh, an older customer um, at the bar says, hell of a girl, that Elizabeth. Benny says, yeah, yeah, she really is. Refill? The customer says, sure. You got designs? Benny says, nah, she's more like a little sister to me, you know? The customer says, so you don't mind if I take a shot? <laughs> Ooh, creep. <laughs> <laughs> like, Benny I pa- mind just because you said that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Benny pauses and then says, she's all yours, chief. So we see another customer slide his coffee cup across the table and say, hey, and he taps the coffee cup and says, please. Uh, Benny refills the second customer's coffee cup. The second customer raises his his head and we see that it is Martin Creaser from um, season five, episode 11 called Sam Interrupted. So that's the episode that, um, they're with the wraith, right? Like they're in the, they're in the loony bin and Martin's an old hunter who, yeah, like who, who gone needed, off the deep needed to be in the loony bin. And yeah, he, I want to say he was like on a job or something that like set him over the edge or something from what I remember. Oh, that's right. And he just like went a little crazy and he kind of went bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, who, I think most people would to a certain extent. I remember liking Martin too, to be honest. I know he's not the best in this episode, but I remember enjoying his kind of weird humor. Yeah, Um, I think I, I don't remember much about him other than I think I kind of remember feeling bad for him. You do feel bad for him. Yeah, because he's he's so scared. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I don't really remember much. Yeah. 
Okay, so Martin says thanks, and Martin watches as Benny walks back to the counter. So we cut to outside the cafe. I'm not going to say the name again. (laughs) Benny turns off the lights and leaves the cafe. He looks around and then walks away. Martin comes around the side of the cafe and follows Benny. Benny walks through a wooded area, hears the noise uh, in the bushes, and goes to investigate. Martin follows Benny into the woods and hears a scream. So he takes out a long knife and hurries through the woods. He trips and falls right next to the first customer from the cafe who is lying dead on the ground with a wound on his neck. Yeah. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to the lost in the fifties drive-in it's daytime. Dean carries some food uh, from the drive-in window to the Impala. Sam's and baby talking on his cell phone. Sam on the phone says, yeah, and you're certain? You're sure? Okay, great. Just uh, just hang tight till you hear from me, okay? Dean gets into baby and says, who is it? Sam holds up a finger to Dean and says into the phone, no, listen to me. I said, hang tight. Sam hangs up and sighs. Sam, he says, we got to get. Dean says, can I at least finish my burger? Sam says, we got a vamp kill, Dean. Uh, Carincro, Louisiana. I said that differently. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Um, If you live there, I am very sorry for butchering your town's name. I feel Um, like there's a lot of things that we like butcher the name of. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Almost everything. Yeah. (laughs) Dean says, huh, it's been a while since I've had some etouffee. I have no idea what that is or if I said it right. Um, He says, who's the source? Sam says, Martin Creaser. There's a pause and they look at each other. Dean says, sorry for a minute there. I thought you said Martin Creaser. Sam continues to look at Dean without speaking. Dean says, crazy Martin from the loony bin. Sam says, Glendale Springs discharged him this month. Dean says, and shouldn't he be assembling toys in a padded room? What's he doing back on the job? Poor Martin. (laughs) I know. Sam says, I asked him. Dean says, you what? Sam says, look, he called me when he got out. Okay. And asked if I had anything for him that might help him ease him back into the game. He seemed okay. Mostly. So I said, yes, I've had him. Yeah. He's only mostly dead. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun storming the castle. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sam says, um, I've had him tracking Benny for the, for the past week. Dean says you put mostly okay. Martin on Benny. What is mostly okay doing hunting at all? (laughs) (laughs) Sam says not hunting Dean tracking, observe and report only. I was crystal clear about that. Dean says, wow, I can't believe that. Sam says, really, Dean, you don't believe that? Because Benny is a vampire and any hunter worth his salt isn't going to let one just walk around freely. So I had Martin keep tabs on him. And right now it's looking like I made the right call. Dean says, so Martin's saying Benny did this? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, okay. Sam says, okay. Dean says, if Benny's in Louisiana draining folks, we should look into it. Sam raises his eyebrows and Dean starts the engine. 
<clears throat> so we cut to the Impala driving through town. Uh, they pull up outside a building offering rooms for rent. Sam and Dean get out and go inside. Uh, they walk down a hallway. As Sam raises his hand to knock on door number two, Martin opens it. He says, you said look for an eruption. How's Mount Vesuvius? Sam and Dean go inside Martin's room and Martin closes the door behind him. He says, I got into town about a week ago. Up until last night, nothing. He's been clean. Dean says, doing what? Martin says, just minding his own business, working at the gumbo shack. Dean says, Benny's working at the gumbo shack? <laughs> Martin says, yeah, slinging hash, pouring coffee, the whole bit. And he may be Benny to you. Folks around here call him Roy. <laughs> so it's a horrible thing that he changed his name. Like what? <coughs> I know, right? Like, ooh. <coughs> I'm getting Dean so worked up. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> <laughs> Dean uh, says, Martin, you're sure you're running on full charge? Martin says, yeah, little shock therapy in the morning and I'm good to go. And he's completely serious about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's not joking. <laughs> Sam says, tell us what happened last night. Martin says, so I followed him home just like every night. He turned up a path. I hear a scream. I catch up. Then boom, there he is. The old coot that Roy was eyeballing at the joint. Vamped. Dean says, wait, did you actually see Benny kill the guy or not? Martin says, I saw enough. Dean says, well then, how can you be sure it was Benny if you didn't actually see him do it? Martin says, because I saw Benny turn up the path and then two seconds later, I trip over a body with its throat ripped. Look, man, you, you ever hear of Occam's razor? Keep it simple, stupid. It's not that complicated. Dean says, there's a lot of holes, Martin. Martin says, holes? The only holes we should be looking at are in the Vic's neck. Dean says to Sam. too far. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, chill out. Yeah. Take a Xanax. <laughs> Dean says to Sam, this sound like Benny, you know? The, he says, this sound like the Benny, you know? Sam says, I don't know, Benny. Martin says, the Benny, you know, say what? Why am I getting the distinct impression that your brother is vouching for a vampire? Sam says, guys, let's not argue. Dean says, nobody's arguing, but if it is Benny, and that's a big if. Martin says, oh, it's him. Dean says, I got history with the guy, okay? I'm not signing up for a witch hunt. I owe him more than that. Martin says, what in God's great creation could a Winchester possibly owe a vampire? Am I hearing this right? Dean says, look, until we get the facts, we stow the bloodlust and we work this case right, or we work it separately. Martin says, doing it right would be separating his head from his shoulders. Dean says, I just need some time, Sammy. Martin says, oh yeah, let the fang take another life? I don't think so. Sam says, how much time do you need? Martin says to Sam, you're not actually considering this. Dean says, couple hours, tops. Sam says, and what if it turns out to be Benny? Dean says, then it's Benny and I'll deal with it. Sam says, couple hours, Dean, no more. Dean says, I'll be in touch. And he heads for the door. Martin follows him and says, hey, oh, oh look, hey. Uh, but Dean walks out of the door and closes it behind him. Martin says to Sam, you're joking, right? We're doing this as soon as he pulls away. Sam says, no, we're not, Martin. We're going to give him a little bit of time. Martin says, hey, it's your brother. It's your call. How long are you going to let him go on like this? It's staring him right in the face. Sam says, well, sometimes it's not easy to see things for what they are. 
And then we get a flashback. (laughs) We're in Sam and Amelia's house, of course. Sam is sitting on the porch steps throwing a ball for Riot. Uh, They're in Kermit, Texas. Amelia comes outside. Sam says, get the ball. Come here. Come here. And Riot drops the ball in front of Sam, who says, good job. Amelia sits next to Sam on the steps. Sam says, thought about what you're going to say to him? Amelia shakes her head and says, I've thought about it and thought about it, and I still don't know. Sam says, look, I'm sure you have a lot of people telling you what the right thing to do here is. Amelia says, Sam. Sam says, he's your husband, Amelia, but I don't, I don't want to do the right thing. I mean, this is the right thing, you and me. And maybe I'm going to hell for saying this, but I'm not ready to give this up. I hate this whole exchange, P.S. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amelia says, neither am I. And they hold hands. And she says, would it bother you if I just took a few days to clear my head? Sam says, uh, of course, take whatever time you need. So they cut back to real time in the cafe. Dean goes inside and sits down at the counter. Elizabeth puts a menu in front of him. Dean says, actually, I already know what I want. Elizabeth says, let me guess, gumbo. Dean chuckles and says, was going to be the gumbo until I saw pie. Elizabeth says, well, the special's pecan. Dean says, of course it is. Let's do that. Elizabeth nods and walks away. And Dean looks at pictures pinned up behind the counter, including one of Benny with Elizabeth. She returns and says, bad news. Dean says, you're out of pecan. Story of my life. Well, that's all right. Maybe you can make it up to me. I'm actually looking for an old friend of mine. I heard he's kicking around these parts. His name's Roy. Elizabeth says, well, Roy works the night shift here. I mean, if we're talking about the same Roy. Dean says, uh, yeah, he puts around in a beat up camper. Thing looks like a rolling death trap. Elizabeth laughs and says, yeah, I thought I was the only one who gave him trouble over that piece of junk. Dean laughs and says, you wouldn't happen to know where he's parking that thing these days, would you? Elizabeth says, well, he was parking it out back, but he just called to tell me he was going up the road to Mill Creek for a few days. Dean says, okay. Uh, Did he say why? Elizabeth says, oh, uh, fishing, I think. He really deserves a break. He's been working doubles for the last two weeks straight. Dean says, "Um, listen, uh, I'll tell you what. And he writes on a piece of paper. He says, if he pops up before I can find him, you do me a favor and just have him give me a buzz. Or, and he slides a piece of paper over to Elizabeth. He says, you could just drop a dime yourself. And he smiles. Is he hitting on her? He's never. He's never not hitting on the girl. I know. He's never like not. He could be on the most serious thing and he'll be like, oh, sidetracked. You know, (laughs) (laughs) here's my digits. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth says, sure thing. And she picks up the piece of paper and reads it and says, Dean. Dean stands up and says, and you are, Elizabeth says, Elizabeth. Dean says, Elizabeth, all right, take a rain check on that pie. Elizabeth says, definitely. Dean wraps his knuckles on the counter and then leaves. Elizabeth watches him go and then looks at the piece of paper. Um, Outside the cafe, Dean makes a call. Uh, We get Benny's voice message say, leave a message at the beep. Dean uh, on the message says, Benny, I got a body here and Karenkro with two holes in it and I just found out you went fishing do I need to tell you what this looks like and he hangs up so we cut to Benny Uh, we see a close-up of a cell phone display that says one new voice message 
Benny flips the phone closed. Uh, a woman's bloodstained body lies on the ground in front of him. And we see a close-up of the wound on her neck. So we cut to daytime. Benny is digging a grave. Um, after a while, he washes his bloody hands in a very large bale, barrel and someone walks up behind him. Benny says, it's not me, Dean. Dean says, now which me are we talking about? Benny or Roy? Benny turns to face Dean and Dean is holding a machete behind his back. Benny says, I'm just trying to blend in. Dean says, blend in. Who'd you just plant, Benny? Benny says, victim number two. If you're concerned about the missed calls, I didn't want to get you involved. Now, want to safely or want to safety that thing? Uh, talk a little bit or what? And he puts his hand on his own machete. Dean takes his machete out from behind his back and says, I'm all ears. Benny says, rogue vamp. Came into the cafe a couple nights ago. Youngster goes by the name of Desmond. He uh, he remembers me from the good old days. Dean says, the good old days? Benny says, I know it's hard to believe, but I haven't always been this cute and cuddly. He's chasing a memory, Dean. That's all. He's crewing up a new nest. He's hoping I can give him some cred. I told him no. Dean says, all right, so far so good. Let's get to the part about the blood. Benny says, didn't want to take no for an answer. He's trying to rouse me out, leaving dead bodies in my wake till I sign up. Two bodies in two days. No amateur is going to kick me out of my hometown, Dean. Not this time. Dean says, hometown? You grew up here? Benny nods and says, born and bred. With Andrea gone and you hunting again, seemed like the right time for a homecoming. You two being the only ones who keep all my ducks in a row. Went back to my old job at the cafe. I even found someone to hold myself accountable to. Best kind of someone, Dean. Family. Dean says, Elizabeth. Dean takes a few steps past Benny and she's his machete. Benny says, my great granddaughter. Dean says, really? Benny says, now hold on now. You didn't. Dean says, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dean says, no. Does she know? Benny says, no, no. As far as she's concerned, I'm just another drifter. I'd like to keep it that way. It's been tough walking the line here after all those years in purgatory, not having to deal with the hunger. But Elizabeth, she keeps me honest. I finally feel like I got a handle on this thing. Dean says, handle on things. Benny, you've got two stiffs on your hands and two hunters on your ass. Benny says, oh, please. That halfwit who found me at the cafe, I'll take my chances with him. <laughs> Dean says, that halfwit was sent by my brother. And trust me, my brother's not someone you want to mess with. Benny says, I don't have time to worry about them, Dean. I didn't think Desmond had an ounce of steel in his spine, but I was wrong about that. So now I'm going to do what I should have done two days ago, which is put him back where he belongs. Dean says, you know, there's only one way to do that, right? And that is for you to sit on the sideline while I convince Sam and Martin to go after Desmond. They see you out there. They don't care if you're going to be collecting for the March of Dimes. They're going to slice first and ask questions later. You know that. Benny says, you really think they'll go that far? Dean sighs. So we cut back to Martin's room. He says, let me get this straight. I follow your boy down a freaking path and trip over a fresh vamp kill. And then you practically catch him in the act of burying a second body. And you're still taking a side. Dean says vampires pick people off from the outskirts of town. Okay. Martin stabs an ice cube tray with a fork to loosen the ice cubes. Dean says, not in the cafes that they work in with their great grandkids. In fact, killing any human, it's not his style. 
Martin says, not his style, not his style. Sam says, flat out freaking out right now. He totally is. (laughs) Sam says, listen, Dean, we came here on a dead body. You asked for some time and now there's another dead body. Are we just going to go on trust here? Martin takes a sip of his drink and looks at Dean. Dean says, yes. Sam says, okay, because we've killed for a lot less. And you know how these things turn out for us. Dean says, yes, I do too well. In fact, every relationship I've ever had has gone to crap at some point. But the one thing I can say about Benny, he has never let me down. Yeah. Sam says, I don't know. That was the right thing to say right then, Dean. No. That's fine. <laughs> Sam says, huh? Well, good for you, Dean. Must feel great. Finally finding someone you can trust after all these years. Sam or Dean looks down and then back up at Sam and says, all I'm saying is that Benny is innocent. Sam stands up and says, no, you're too close to this. Dean says, you're not going to find him. And if you do, I'm going to tell you this, you'll be lucky to get out of alive. And you, he points to Martin, you go with him. You're a dead man, period. Martin drains his drink and picks up a knife. Sam says, these are innocent lives we're talking about, Dean. And you're willing to risk that on Benny's word alone? Martin stands to move, or Martin moves to stand behind Dean. Dean says, damn right I am. Dean turns toward Dean turns towards Martin, who cold cocks him with the hilt of his knife in his fist. Dean falls to the ground unconscious. Sam says, what was that? Martin says, Dean made his choice. Let's go do our job. Um, so Sam and Martin leave the room and walk down the hallway. Martin's carrying a bag. He says, glad your dad wasn't around to hear that. He'd have a mind to take you both out to the woodshed and show you what's what. Half inclined to do it myself. I don't think that was the right thing to say, Martin. (laughs) No. (laughs) Sam pushes Martin against a wall and says, you listen to me. I brought you into this. I can bring you out of it just as easy. So the only thing you're going to be inclined to do is shut up and follow my lead. Sam grabs the keys from Martin's hand. Martin says, okay, you say so. So they go outside and uh, walk past the Impala. Martin says, just saying, brother choosing a vampire over a brother. I know how I'd feel. Let me get a flashback. We're at a bar at night and Sam is drinking a beer at that bar. A man joins him. The man says, you're Sam, right? Relax. I ain't here to fight. He sits down and beckons to the bartender. Sam says, I heard what happened to you. Rough deal. Don says, hmm, yeah, well, I appreciate that. We got ourselves a situation here now, though, don't we? Sam says, guess we do. Don says, truth is, I can't blame either of you for what happened. Hell, there were days where there were... (laughs) Hell, (laughs) there were days there. I thought I was a dead man. But when I do come back, and what I come back to is this... Well, it ain't no great mystery if part of me is thinking, what's wrong with this picture? Sam says, Don. But Don holds up a hand and says, Sam, let me finish. I know part of her loves me. And now part of her loves you. But the only one who knows what's best for Amelia is Amelia. So when all this is said and done and she's made her decision, I'll respect it. And if you truly love her, you'll do the same. I think that's pretty fucking decent. Yeah, like I was expecting a lot worse because I don't, I didn't remember this episode like hardly at all. And I was like, uh oh, you know, like, yeah, trouble, you know. 
but uh, yeah. I think maybe Amelia doesn't deserve either of them, but that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would tend to agree. Yep. <laughs> so Sam nods. Uh, Don puts some money down on the bar and gets up to leave. And Don says to the bartender, he could use another. So we cut to real time in Martin's room. Dean is attempting to free himself from handcuffs. There's blood on his face. He says, come on. The handcuffs come free and he takes the cell phone out of his uh, jacket. Uh, We cut to some woods. Benny is looking at a photograph of him and Elizabeth. His phone rings and he answers it. Benny says, what'd they say? Dean says, they didn't go for it. They're on their way to you. I get scarce. Scarce? There we go. Benny says, no offense, Dean, but your little brother doesn't exactly put chills up my spine. Dean says, Benny, listen to me. Do not underestimate my little brother, okay? He can and will kill you given the chance. Benny says, all right, so what now? Dean says, I go find Desmond. Benny says, you take me with. Dean says, hey, I just told you, the best thing you can do is lay low. Benny says, that ain't going to work this time, bub. You take me with or I don't tell you where he is. Dean says, you know where he is? Benny picks up his machete and says, he says he's not going to stop killing till I join his little nest. Two bodies is enough. I told him I'm in. Uh, Dean says, Benny. Benny says, Dean, this is my fight. Are you in or are you out? Are you with me or against me? (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Dean stands next to baby with the phone to his ear and sighs. So we cut to the woods at night. Uh, Cars parked on the road next to the woods. And we see Sam and Martin are in the woods. Uh, Sam is looking at clothing hanging on a line. Martin's holding a machete. Martin says something spooked him. And Martin sees something on the ground as Sam's phone buzzes. Sam looks at the message. It says, from Amelia Richardson. Sam, I need your help. Come quick. Martin picks up the photograph of Benny and Elizabeth from the ground. Then he hears an engine start. Martin says, Sam, Sam. But Sam drives away in Martin's car. <laughs> Martin runs after think it. That, like he would, I don't know, at least try to like, I, I don't know. It seems to like, obviously Sam is using Martin to get what he wants, but like yeah. you would think that he would at least like, Hey, here's something to where you can, you know, get back to town or you know something. Yeah. <laughs> not just <laughs> like, strand in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> Um, so Martin stands in the road watching Sam leave. He says, Winchesters, mad. And then we cut to a shipyard at night. Dean pulls up and baby and parks. Benny is waiting for him, holding a machete. Dean gets out of the Impala and takes out his own machete. He says, this is the place, huh? So what's the plan? I hang back while you guys do some trust falls and binge drinking. Benny says, man, if I didn't know you better, I'd say you have an extremely low opinion of us vamps. Dean says, call it healthy skepticism. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dean and Benny enter the shipyard building. Dean looks around with a flashlight. Someone crosses the room behind him and he turns, but he doesn't see anybody. Dean goes to look and Desmond drops silently to the floor from the ceiling behind him. Desmond advances on Dean, who turns and swings his machete. But Desmond sends Dean flying to the ground and then straddles him. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? I always, I'm always excited when they're straddling in the show. 
<laughs> Desmond says with his fangs out, Benny never told me he was bringing a friend. Dean says, you're not going to talk a lot, are you? And he reaches for a syringe of dead man's blood. Dean says, I've been dealing with crazy all day. And he tries to jab Desmond with a syringe, but Desmond catches his hand and squeezes it, breaking the syringe. Dean groans in pain. That would hurt that would, so that bad. Would, yeah, that would hurt. Like shatter a bunch of glass in your hand. Yeah. Like ugh. that's going to be in there for a while. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, Desmond forces Dean's hand down and slashes at his neck with a fingernail, cutting him. Desmond licks Dean's blood from his fingers and then lunges at Dean's neck. Benny pulls Desmond upright and then decapitates him. Desmond's head falls from his body and lands next to Dean's head. Dean says, son of a, took you long enough. Yuck. (laughs) Benny says, you've lost a step, friend. You need to lay off the junk food. (laughs) Dean touches the cut on his neck and winces and says, ah. And then we hear Dean's heartbeat as Benny looks at the cut. Benny's eyes narrow and his lips twitch. Dean says, uh, are you okay? I'm like, please don't eat me. <laughs> yeah. Benny raises his eyes to Dean's and says, I'm fine. And then Benny turns and slowly walks away. So we cut to outside the shipyard. Dean, who is holding a cloth to his neck, walks over to Benny. Benny says, my life here is over, isn't it? Dean says, afraid so. Once word gets out, the machete swingers that'll come for you, you can't take them all. It's impossible. And even if you could... Benny says, we'd have a problem. Dean says, guys like us, we don't get a home. We don't get a family. Benny says, you got Sam. Dean says, yeah. Benny, you got to go deep underground where nobody knows where you are. Benny says, yeah, I got one last thing I got to do. And he walks away. So we cut to Sam driving Martin's car. He makes a call to Amelia on his phone. And he gets the automated message that says, the person you're trying to reach is unavailable. Sam scowls, hangs up, and tosses the phone down. And we get a flashback. We're in Sam and Amelia's house. It's daytime. Sam is packing a bag in the bedroom. Amelia appears in the doorway and says, what are you doing? Sam says, I'm leaving. Amelia says, what? Don found you at the bar. Sam says, Amelia... Amelia says, he threatened you. Sam says, Amelia, no, he didn't threaten me. I Look, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. Amelia says, the right thing. This morning, you and I were the right thing, remember? Sam sighs and says, I know that you and Don deserve a chance, okay? And I think you know that too. Just give him a chance, like you gave me. I mean, Amelia, you saved me. Which I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just that's exactly right vomiting all around I just want to throw up in my mouth a little bit <laughs> I want to throw up in my face mask <laughs> I'm not wearing one but you know what I mean yeah <laughs> okay so we cut back to real time with Sam he's still driving uh, he passes a sign that reads Kermit 26 miles uh, we cut to outside the cafe it's still nighttime Benny smiles as he watches Elizabeth, who is working inside. Dean stands next to him. Dean says, time to go, buddy. Dean holds out his hand. Benny holds out his hand, and Dean takes it. Benny says, thanks for not giving up on me, brother. Dean says, don't give me a reason to. Benny claps Dean on the back and gets inside his car. Dean waves to him as Benny drives away. So we cut to Martin walking down the road because Sam stole his car. (laughs) 
his phone rings and he answers it. Martin says, Hey Dean. Dean says, look, I'm just calling to let you know that the situation is resolved. Benny was not lying. There was another vamp and we ganked him together. Martin says, Oh, that's good. Dean. Dean says, yeah, shut up and listen to me. Benny's long gone and he won't be coming back ever. So for your own sake, do not follow him. Are we clear? Martin says, you don't have to worry about me, Dean. I'm long gone too. Like, oh, he got his bitch switch flipped. (laughs) 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 Yep. Yep. Like, don't you leave me out here. (laughs) (laughs) Dean says, oh, and Martin. Martin says, yeah. Dean says, find a new line of work. Dean and Martin hang up. So I cut to Benny driving down a road. Uh, his phone rings. Benny flips the phone open and the display reads Elizabeth calling. So he answers. Benny says, hey, Liz. Um, Elizabeth, uh, cut to inside the cafe. Elizabeth sets some plates down on a shelf. Martin is in a booth eating with a phone to his ear. Benny on the phone says, how's your shift going? Martin turns to look at Elizabeth and then he says into the phone, hmm, I'd say she's covering for you just fine, Benny, but us regulars, we miss you. Benny says, who is this? Martin says, I think you know who this is. Benny says, how the hell did you get her phone? Elizabeth walks over to Martin's booth and says, you enjoy the cherry? And she puts a hand out to take Martin's plate. He drops his fork and grabs her wrist hard to stop her, which would terrify me. Pie, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Martin says, "No, sorry, not quite done yet." Elizabeth says, "Oh, did you uh, reach your friend? Okay." Martin says, "I did. Thanks." And Benny can hear Martin and Elizabeth's conversation, so he breaks his vehicle. Um, that is to say he puts on the brakes. He doesn't yeah. <laughs> break it in half. <laughs> he just rips it to shreds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin says, I can't believe I left my cell on the bus. Wife says I lo- lose my own head if it wasn't screwed on. I'll just be another minute. Elizabeth says, well, take your time. Martin says, thank you. Um, Martin on the phone says, she's a nice girl. Takes kindly to strangers. Benny says, you leave her alone now. Martin says, how far away are you? Benny says, an hour. Martin says, you got 45 minutes. Benny hangs up. Martin says, miss, your cell phone. So we cut to sometime later. Benny drives up, parks and walks into the, or walks to the cafe, which is unlit. Um, he goes inside and Elizabeth is tied to a chair. Um, Martin says, lay down your arms, you unholy thing. And he stands up and puts a large knife to Elizabeth's throat. Benny spreads his arms and says, you got me here now. Why don't you just let her go and walk away? Martin says, I don't think so. Benny slowly approaches and says, you realize I'm not asking. Martin says, I realize that completely. Elizabeth says, Roy, what's going on? Benny says, it's okay, Lizzie. He ain't going to hurt you. Ain't that right? Come on now. I got no beef with you. You got no beef with me. Martin says, I got plenty of beef with your kind. Benny says, all right, that may be so, but not for anything that happened here. I did not kill those people. Martin says, I heard you and Dean had a little purgatory reunion, touching. Elizabeth says, Roy, please just tell me what's going on here. Benny says, please, I'm asking you, do not do this. The bad guy is gone, okay? Martin says, she doesn't know, Benny. Elizabeth says, Roy, who's Benny? Martin says, who's Benny? Let's find out, shall we? 
and Martin crouches down behind Elizabeth as Benny comes closer. She makes some frightened noises. Martin says, stay back. And Martin cuts Elizabeth's neck with his knife. Uh, she whimpers and starts to cry. Martin says, look, see that? Elizabeth looks at Benny, who is breathing heavily with his mouth open. Martin says, dilated pupils, hair standing, signs of hunger. He's Benny such a dick. You know? I know. Ben, Benny turns away and his fangs come out. Martin says, don't worry. He won't feed off his own flesh and blood. Elizabeth says, flesh and blood? Martin stands up and says, tell her, Benny. Tell her how you're her long last, her long lost grandpappy. <laughs> tell her about all the dead you left behind. Tell her about the monster you are. Benny's fangs retract and he turns sadly back to Elizabeth. Benny says, what do you want? Martin says, isn't it obvious? I want your head on a stake. And he pulls out a, a machete. Benny nods and goes slowly over to the bar and lays his head down on the counter. Elizabeth says, oh, Roy, no. And she cries. Benny, with tears in his eyes, says, I'm sorry. Martin says, well, hope they're saving a special place for you, wherever it is you come from. Martin lunges at Benny with the machete. And Elizabeth yells, no. So I cut to Sam. He pulls up to Amelia's house. He gets out of the Martin's vehicle and cocks his gun. He walks around to the back of the house, holding his gun in front of him as he goes around a corner. Through a window, he sees Don watching TV. Amelia brings Don a beer and joins him on the couch, sitting very close to him with a hand on his leg. Don puts his arm around her. They're both smiling. Sam uncocks his gun as Amelia takes a drink from the beer she gave Don. Sam takes a deep breath as he watches. Okay, but now's the time to stop watching because you're kind of being a creeper. Also, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, mm, okay, she's clearly fine. Like, get out of there before someone staring, notices you. Know? you. Yeah, God, <laughs> you are not small. You do not blend in. I know, right? <laughs> like, but like, yeah, you you're not sneaky, buddy. I mean, he can be, but still, you know. Yeah. So, um, Sam gets back in Martin's car and sits for a few moments. He half smiles, then exhales and starts the engine. So we cut to Dean and the Impala. He's singing along with some music. Then his phone rings. Dean says, yeah. Elizabeth on the phone says, Dean. Dean says, hang on. And he turns off the music. He says, Elizabeth. Um, the hand with which Elizabeth is holding the phone is covered in blood and there are drops of blood on her face. She says, you told me to call you if I saw him. Dean says, what do you mean? Roy, is he there right now? Elizabeth, what's going on? Elizabeth says, just come. So the tire screeches. Dean does a 180 um, at a crossroads and accelerates. So we cut to outside the cafe. Elizabeth is sitting on the steps as Dean pulls up in the Impala. Her hands are shaking. Dean walks over to her and she points inside the cafe. Dean takes a towel out of a pocket and holds it to the cut on Elizabeth's neck. He puts a hand on her shoulders. He walks past her into the cafe. So Dean goes in and sees blood on the floor. He walks across the cafe and finds Martin dead on the floor in a large pool of blood. Martin's bloody knife flies next to him and his neck is badly mauled. He did not make it. Nope. We cut to Sam. <laughs> I don't know why I said that so sadly. Poor Sam. Poor Sammy. <laughs> He's sitting at the bar 
Um, he takes out his phone and looks at the message from Amelia that says, Sam, I need your help. Come quick. He makes a call to her number. And we cut to Dean. A phone in his car rings. He looks around and then leans over and takes the phone out of the glove compartment. The display reads, Sam calling. He answers. Dirty rock trick. Yeah. He says, Sammy. Sam says, Sam, I need your help. Come quick. Nice one. Swapping Amelia's, Amelia's phone out with a burner, sending a distress signal. You got me good. When did you do that? Dean says, a while back in case I needed it. Looks like I made the right call. Like, so did you he see doesn't her? even care. Just like, hmm, yeah, I did that. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yep. Sam says, yeah, yeah, I saw her and she's doing just fine. But of course, you know that. Dean says, actually, I didn't. I did know it was the only way to get you to lay off. Sam says, so is it done? Dean says, yeah, it's done. Sam says, any casualties? Dean says, Martin. Sam says, was it Benny? Dean says, he had it coming, Sam. I'll tell you what happened. Sam says, I know what happened, Dean. Dean says, okay, you want to listen to me or not? And Sam hangs up. Dean says, damn it. So we switch or we stay with Sam. He drains his drink and takes the money out of his pocket. He stands up and turns to leave the bar. And then he gasps because Amelia is walking towards him. She says, I knew that was you. And credits. Okay, so my thoughts from this episode. Um, the very beginning of the episode um, reminds me kind of of the very first episode that the guy who plays Benny is in, also as a vampire. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also yeah. doesn't eat people. <laughs> right, yeah. Which is kind of funny. I kind of wonder if they like did that on purpose or if that was just kind of something that happened. I feel like they should have made him the same vampire. I know like why change his name just have it be like the same guy like that would have been fine yeah easily like doable you know <laughs> easily <laughs> <laughs> easily shut up <laughs> <laughs> what was I trying to say do you think I was trying to say feasibly I don't know maybe I don't know <laughs> Fe- fe- almost said feasibly and easily so I mean I can see where that <laughs> easily and feasibly could yeah end up with so, so that, that first vampire's name was eli i think and, yeah and he could have died at any point and gone to purgatory and met dean there and you know like literally it wouldn't have been any different at all if they would have just like named him benny to begin with or named him eli <laughs> and right. kept it eli you know yeah there must be a reason why they didn't do that i'd like to know we're going to ask that at the panel. And by we, I mean you. <laughs> <laughs> but who would we ask that to? Because doesn't he not do conventions? Oh, yeah. He's not allowed, I don't think. Um, we can just ask, I almost said Dean, but uh, Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe well, Jensen knows. I don't know. I doubt that they would. I mean, like, I feel like that would have to be. Uh, what's the guy's name? I always forget it. Ty Olson, Olson, yes. something mm-hmm. like that. Olson, I think. Like, okay. I feel like that would have to be a question for him. Okay. Well, he does do conventions, just not creation conventions. Well, looks so. like we're going to have to go to another convention at some point. I guess so. <laughs> but I don't know that, that at other conventions they do like panels for each actor. Uh huh. 
um, the ones that I've been to, sometimes they do, um, but not for all of them. Sometimes they're just there to like sit at their booth and get like autographs, which means we'd have to like stand in line and have that like horrible anticipation as we get closer and closer. (laughs) And then when we get there, like try not to freak out. See, but I think for me, like Jensen and Jared, obviously a little different because clearly I couldn't contain my shit when I went and did the photo op with them because I freaked (laughs) out, you know, like not even freaked out, but like, just like lost all concept of like function, you know, (laughs) I I don't know what to do. You look the whole like Corona thing. We were like, Oh, like we're going to be Corona. We held up our little Corona bottles. Like we're going to be the coronavirus and you're going to be worried about it. And Jared just went (gasps) immediately and like, didn't give me time to like, (laughs) I just heard what was happening before the photo was taken. And I just went, (laughs) you're worried. So I'm worried. And I was supposed to be doing like a come hither look and it didn't work. I just, he panicked. So I panicked and I don't know. definitely just posing for the photo and I like his face went from he he, like literally was just looking at me (laughs) I'm explaining it and then just immediately went (gasps) and I was like wait are you reacting to me or is are you just doing your I don't know what's going on and I just went (laughs) (laughs) I love it (laughs) I don't know if I could ask them anything (laughs) yeah I couldn't when we were around like in the um, vendor rooms and stuff, like DJ would be out and about and oh, Jason Manns and oh, what's his name? The guy who plays um, Osric was out and about for a little Osric. while. Um, Gauthier, what's his last or is his first name? The guy who plays um, the Mandroid. Yeah, I can't remember that guy's first name. I can never remember his first name. I can always remember his last name, but never his first name. And I don't know why. I feel I want to say it's like Peter or something, but I don't know. No, Chris, I think. Okay. That Maybe. sounds better than Peter. I should probably look this up at some point. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, like they were all out and about and wandering. And I was just like practically bumping into them and just kind of whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't, yeah. that didn't bother me at all. And like, I saw Ruth from a distance and you know, that was kind of cool, but like, I didn't really get too nervous. And she's like walked by at plenty of the panels, like right next to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm fine with this. Yeah. But like, yeah. Jensen you know, the moment I realized, <laughs> the moment I realized that I couldn't talk to celebrities um, was, I might've said this on the podcast already, but if I did, it was like three years ago and I, hopefully everyone's forgotten. Um, <laughs> um, I met, um, Tomo Pennicut who plays, um, Gadriel, right? Who we haven't met yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, but that's this guy. This actor. And I was, we went to, I can't remember what Comic-Con it was. I think it was like Emerald City Uh Comic-Con. And um, it was, it was just me and Eric. And we went to meet um, some of the Battlestar Galactica guys. So there was three of them. Uh And um, we went to the first guy who was a really um, older, older actor. Uh And like Eric did all the talking and he was super nice. Uh And then um, we went to the next guy. 
and uh, oh no no the second guy was Tamo and I was like I have to talk to him because I love him you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like so I'm I in love and he needs to know <laughs> yeah I'm like this is my first like my first attempt at this sort of thing you know and yeah so Eric and I we stand in line and we get up there and he had just finished um doing Battlestar and he was just starting a show called Dollhouse uh-huh. and um I, I don't know what I said. I, he like was like, Oh, Hey guys. And I was like, Oh, I'm so excited that, you know, there's, you're not having any gap between shows and, you know, you're starting a new one right away. And he was like, he like leaned real close and he was like, what? And I was like, Oh no, he didn't understand me. Like I was talking too fast or not loud enough. And then I got stuck in my own head and I like, just said it like, very slowly (laughs) and then he was like oh yeah you know and I don't remember what he said after that and then Eric asked him some question about Joss Whedon and they talked for a while and I just stood there like I'm not made for this (laughs) I cannot do this yeah (laughs) so then we went and like met the other Battlestar guy and um I just said nothing you know I was just like I learned my lesson like don't try to speak (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah that's sad I think but, my get like I honestly think that if you had a good like th- no confusion conversation with an actor of any variety that you like well enough to like care about the conversation <laughs> yeah that you would probably be fine I think it's just the first like I don't know Although again, then when you like got a high five from Jared, that was too much too. Yeah, it was way too much. (laughs) (laughs) I still regret that. There was no conversation. It was just (laughs) quick high five as he ran by. (laughs) Okay. This is why I regret it. Okay. Because as he was running by, I was suddenly like, oh, I'm going to stick my hand out like everybody else, you know, uh-huh. so I'm not, I'm not the only one, you know, being like, touch me, you know, uh-huh. um, and <laughs> when he got to me, like right before he hit my hand, he pulled his hand back for a minute and then, and then went back out and like touched my hand. And I was like, oh, he didn't want to touch me. And there Uh-oh. was just like, yeah, went my self-esteem. So well, but that's how I mean you high five and you like pull your hand back so you can smack hands. Like that's it wasn't like that. It was like he was like calculating in his head if he wanted to touch me or not. You know, I'm pretty sure he had no idea what was going on at the time. <laughs> 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 I'm okay, gonna go well. with he literally probably I mean, I mean, there's no way he would even remember that. I don't even know if he would remember going through the crowd and giving high fives. All oh, right, I know. Me. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was a horrible experience. <laughs> I remember when we were in the in the um, auditorium at the um, Bellevue convention, and <laughs> like Rob, I think he must have been doing photograph or not photographs autographs or something and like he was walking down the aisle and I was like in the way of him getting by and you're like Rochelle 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 move (laughs) what is happening (laughs) I don't understand and then I like turn around and I see him and I'm like oh hey and he's like hey you know (laughs) like 
can I get by please? And I was like, oh, you know, like, okay. And I like got out of the way, but it was just kind of like, <laughs> whoops, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah. He was like, cause I think, oh, I think I remember cause like Eric was having some sort of like neck pain or something. So I was like digging my elbow into his <laughs> shoulder as mm-hmm. we're sitting there or as I'm standing there. And so I'm like awkwardly in the aisle and he's probably like, I am not gonna like, what do I do? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're like, <laughs> okay. You know, like what's happening? <laughs> Oblivious so to my surroundings. Yeah. I have I no do. memory of that. That's so oh. funny. Yeah. I remember you doing that to Eric because I remember asking you to do that to Eric. Yeah. Because he was like in a lot of pain. And I was like, oh, hey, like Rochelle helps people with pain. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just remember thinking that like, I mean, and I love Rob, so this isn't like a, you know, bash against him at all. But I remember thinking he was so short (laughs) (laughs) when he walked by. I like don't, I don't know, to me, like most actors and actresses are fairly short people, but I like never realized that until Mm -hmm. at least the ones that I've met, you know, like I never realized that until they're like right next to me. And I'm like, whoa you know like, <laughs> yeah I thought you were like a, a, an average sized human being and now what you know like, yeah you're now a I feel like a giant being. <laughs> <laughs> oh. like I remember when um so Raquel and I did a photo op with um Ruth and then we did one with Rachel as well and Rachel mm-hmm. was in a chair so it wasn't like I I couldn't I mean she wasn't standing up so it was like the height thing wasn't even like a thing in my mind you know but like when we did our photo op with Ruth she was wearing like I swear like six inch high heels and she like came up to my armpit you know know? and Raquel being like five four was still significantly like taller than her and I was just kind of like okay you know you know okay she probably wasn't wearing like six inch high heels but you could she was wearing heels and Mm -hmm. like was still shorter than the both of us and Raquel is not like a super tall human you know and I am a super tall human so that's just you know like great I'm a skyscraper over here but yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's so funny I remember almost knocking Ruth over. I think I have talked about this on the podcast but Uh I'll be super quick I was like backing up in the vendor room and I like turned around and like there she was like right in my face having a conversation with one of the vendors Uh and like so I didn't want to like interrupt her or anything I think I just like muttered like oh sorry you know um but but but, yeah but I and she was wearing heels Uh um and I think that we were about the same height yeah yeah because you're what five two right yeah yeah so she's just so tiny and cute she is she's adorable <laughs> oh man but anyway my so my thoughts <laughs> went off on a, on a good tangent there um so I don't know to me like I don't remember but I don't think did Sam ever tell Amelia about being a hunter I don't think he did um, I'm going to say no. And the reason is because, of the, because next episode. the next episode, she's like, this isn't going to spoil anything, but she's like, 
she's like, whatever it is you do with your life. And he's like, you don't want to know. So, <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah. he doesn't tell her. I wonder what she would think of it. She would probably be like, um, you're crazy. I'm getting a restraining order. Let's be real. Yeah, she probably would. <laughs> and then she'd steal his dog. Well, yeah. <laughs> but doesn't she have the dog? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Sam doesn't. Okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll talk about this next episode. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, but as of this point right now, like we've had plenty of flashbacks to Amelia and there has been no dog with him. Yeah, there hasn't been a dog for a while. I wonder what they did with the dog. I don't know. I would assume, I, I'm, I'm assuming that it's meant to like mean that Amelia kept the dog. Okay. Because, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Bless me. you. Allergies. Woo-hoo. Um, <clears throat> I would assume that we're supposed to just assume that she has the dog because Sam yeah. doesn't or hasn't yeah. had the dog so far. I don't remember. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I I never even thought about it. I I think you're right, or that um they like brought him to a shelter or whatever. But it doesn't seem likely that she would do that. So well, and if she's a vet, my guess is that if anything, he's like a vet animal, you know, like a clinic animal where they have like their cats or their dogs or whatever that hang out there, you know. Yeah, but yeah, that would be cool. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, okay, so like. When Dean sends that text, apparently from Amelia, right, to mm-hmm. Sam, like, did he not even, like, think about what that would do to Sam? You know, <laughs> like, like, I understand why he did it to an extent, because he's like, yeah. I want you out of the way so you don't kill my friend. Mm-hmm. But, like, what, like, you could have done literally anything else. <laughs> I think that was probably the, the easiest way, the quickest way um, to to get Sam out of the way. You know, he knows that oh, for sure. Sam's like, in love. Right? And I understand that. But I'm but not like, saying it was right. I'm not defending him. Yeah. But, but um, for him. It, yeah, I think <laughs> that I think that he would prefer Sam to be traumatized over Benny being dead. Which that's a whole other conversation too, because like, (laughs) why, I don't know, like, yes, Benny is your friend, but also Sam is your brother, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. Like the whole, like Benny, Sam, Dean, like, I don't want to call it a triangle, but kind of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is kind of, yeah, it's just a brotherly triangle. It's just weird. The whole thing is weird. And I don't know if I like it so much. I like Benny. Obviously mm-hmm. I like Sam, you know, but like, it's just a weird, confusing thing that I don't like to hurt my brain on, you know? <laughs> It's a little confusing about Benny too, because while we we all like Benny, um, we don't really ever see why Dean trusts him. I mean, yeah, he killed that one vampire to save his life, but that doesn't mean I'm going to trust you and call you brother. And you know well, what I mean? Like, I mean, they've they've already said though that like, I mean, Benny's the one that got him out of purgatory. Which big kudos there. He's yeah. the one that led him to the you know portal or whatever and also mm-hmm. fought with him 
to keep him alive. So then that way he could go through the portal, you know, and whether it was selfish or not, I mean, Benny, his reasons were selfish at first. I'm sure they grew to like friends or whatever as they were going, but Mm -hmm. like for the most part, Benny kept Dean alive because that was his ticket out, you know? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that Dean would know that and that doesn't make them, you know, super homie status. I don't know. No, but again, I mean, if they just because that's how it started doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't become friends through that though. Yeah. Yeah. And they're there for a year. I don't know how long Dean was there before they met, but yeah, that's a, that's a long time to be fighting, you know, with fighting for your life with someone next to your side, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, and it may not like, it's a friend out of necessity. Yeah. You know, but Mm -hmm. And I think that because Benny was always like honest about his intentions and was like, Hey, you know, like don't trust anybody in purgatory. He's like, well, I'm asking you to trust me or you're asking me to trust you. And he's like, exactly. You know, like, yeah. you know, like don't necessarily trust me, but like, here's the thing, you know, like he was honest about the whole thing, which mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, like, it's just weird, but, um, yeah I don't know I I can understand why they're like why they're friends Mm -hmm. but I don't know also like Sam is super super pissy about the whole Benny situation which to me like he has no right to be pissy because that's who got your brother out of purgatory like right you didn't didn't do it yeah like he didn't even try to get his brother out of purgatory he just was like, oh, well, I guess he's gone, you know, like, so yeah. maybe that part of that is guilt, you know, because he didn't try and somebody else, like he's, and he, he might be mad replaced. that a vampire did it and he didn't, Yeah, you know, but I don't know, to me, the whole like Sam and Benny dynamic is just kind of ridiculous to me. You would think that like, especially because of Amy, he would understand that, you know, like, that's Amelia. the reason oh, that okay. your brother no I meant Amy with the yeah, yeah. the the kitsune mm-hmm. or kitsune yeah. or yeah like you would think that you would understand their dynamic because he also went through that so it's kind of weird to me that like Sam's just like pissy about the whole thing mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah I, don't know. I, I agree with you um I think that he I think he's I think he's just jealous. Oh That's yeah, for think. sure. Yeah. And I think a little guilty too, that he didn't do, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's a good mixture of a couple different things, but, mm-hmm. um, so my only other thought, um, is that, you know, I'm not so sure if I like this Martin guy, like at first I liked him, but like, yeah. he, he went too far, you know, like there was, it was black and white. There was no, you know, like he was just constantly like, let's kill everybody you know and it's like dude you know <laughs> yeah what's your yeah, deal I, man I did like him in his first episode I mean even though he was crazy he was you know in the right place to be crazy yeah and you know he was kind of almost comic relief at some point so yeah um but yeah and this one no and kind of really annoying 
Yeah. And creepy and like serial killer-ish, you know, like, you know, yeah. And like when he came out and was like, if your daddy could see you now, like he would, I don't remember what he said, but you know, like, something about being about horrified. <laughs> or, like, I was just like, no, you don't get to say that. Like, you know, you went like, too far, sir. Yeah. 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 Crossed a line for me. So. Yeah. And I don't remember, did they say why he got out or how he got out? I think no, they did. Huh? But I, oh, I don't think so. I think they oh. just said that he, he did get out. So, okay. I wasn't sure. I don't remember, but yeah, like he's clearly still bonkers. So like, mm-hmm. how, like, did he break himself out? Like, <laughs> I wonder what changed for him because if you remember in his first episode, he was scared. Like he was very scared of monsters, uh-huh. too scared to hunt. And um, like to be like he was and even scared to enough help that them. he locked himself in the loony bin, you know, yeah. <laughs> to keep yeah. himself safe, you know, like which I mean, okay, fine, but like why all of a sudden are you not afraid anymore? Yeah, like I wonder what changed there. Like if just maybe he just snapped, you know, and just maybe. because he was very serial killery to me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Which you would think that they would recognize that and not let him out. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. Like he he just he really irritated me. <laughs> yeah, me too. So anyway. Um, what was your favorite moment uh from this episode? Um, my favorite moment was when uh well, was at the end when um Martin had Elizabeth in the bar or in the cafe and um you know was kind of like hiding behind her knife to her neck benny's in there and benny's like you know martin like what do you want like i'm right here you know yeah, like, like let, dude, let the, the girl go <laughs> yeah like what do you want and he's like oh i want your head on a steak or pike or whatever he said yeah um, i don't know and is like okay and he like leans his like head down on the counter you know, so that Martin can do some easy chopping and, you know, Martin like goes for it. my granddaughter alone. You know? Yeah. And Elizabeth is like, no. And that whole <laughs> yeah. scene was my favorite moment. I thought that was, it was, it was nice. You know, Benny had tears in his eyes, you know, yeah. Elizabeth was crying. Like, I don't know why I'm liking the emotion. <laughs> this is where I'm at right now. So. <laughs> <Bless you. laughs> That's okay. So anyway, what was your favorite moment? Um, well, that was kind of, so my, I kind of liked that moment and for different reasons that you liked that moment, (laughs) because (laughs) Benny finally ended the whole Martin annoyance. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Like that was my favorite because Martin just went too far and he clearly like couldn't be trusted in public and like had no concept of like a moral compass anymore at that point he was just like black and white kill everybody you know yeah which is not okay you know (laughs) but also so but like my favorite favorite moment was when um dean like hits on elizabeth and like gives her his number and all that sort of stuff and he's like "Ooh, i might have a you know a prospect of a date you know or one night stand at the very least and then he's like you didn't did you and he's like what you know you know like he he just kind of like changes the subject so I don't know if like Benny like 
I don't know. I kind of think that Benny like knew that he hit on her maybe kind of, but not really, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. So that was just, I loved that moment when Dean was just like awkwardly like, oh my God, that's your <laughs> great granddaughter. Oh, what have I done? But, <laughs> but also like, Ooh, she's, she's pretty. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty so, good. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so our interesting facts from this episode um it says kathleen monroe who plays elizabeth um also played katie's mom in the season three episode supernatural the kids are all right which i don't i recognized her right away from that actually and it was she is the mom who whose daughter is the the changeling right that's what the kids were in that episode the changelings oh yeah yeah where like it or it was like changeling some variety and like all the kids were like kept in like cages or something underneath yeah. that was like okay. yeah so she's the mom who was friends with ben's mom lisa yeah um uh and she got so desperate because you know she knew something was wrong with her daughter or that it wasn't her daughter yeah um that she drove her car with her daughter inside mm-hmm. and she got out into, into the, the lake, lake, lake. yeah uh-huh. yeah so that was her yeah okay see it like i I re- like I remember all of that but I don't like remember the actress's face so I oh, yeah. put two and two together for that yeah <laughs> um but it's also been a little while so oh yeah um, that's a long time ago yeah uh so it says when Dean asks Martin um if he actually saw Benny kill the cafe patron Martin replies you ever heard of Occam's razor um keep it simple stupid <laughs> the kiss method um he's referring to the problem solving principle of 11th century philosopher monk william of Ockham, um that states that where there are competing theories the simplest solution should be chosen yeah which that's i I wouldn't say all the time yeah i was gonna say that that shouldn't be just like your go-to like yeah i don't know but the one that makes the most sense and has the most like you know I shouldn't say evidence, but the one that like, yeah, I don't know. Generally speaking, it's like, okay, like we're pretty sure this is what it's like probable cause, right? You know, like, yeah, pretty sure this is what happened, you know, like, yeah, we're going to go with it, which I mean, that's generally what happens, mm-hmm. but not that it's always right, but most of the time it is, <laughs> I would say, right. um, uh, so it says the name of the diner Benny works at is named um, Gidry's, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know how to say it correctly, but um, it says Ron Gidry, Gidry maybe, um, was a pitcher for the New York Yankees nicknamed Louisiana Lightning. Oh. <laughs> he got a good arm, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says John Grease was in the vampire movie Fright Night Part 2 from 1988 um, as the werewolf slash vampire louis um or louis um but it doesn't say who he is in this episode i wonder if he's martin maybe martin yeah i would assume so because um, i don't remember any other dudes yeah i think that's pretty much it mm-hmm. i mean maybe it was one of the patrons that desmond killed oh it could be that first guy that got killed yeah maybe um i would go with probably oh no yeah so it has to be um martin because the next interesting fact is this chad rook who plays desmond so it wasn't him um 
I mean, I guess it could still be the diner guy, but um, it says he previously appeared in the episode Supernatural uh, Mommy Dearest from 2011 as Marshall Todd. Who I don't remember what that episode is about. I don't either. I can't even. Nope, I got nothing. So this would have been last season because this is, I think season eight came out in 2012, right? Was that an episode about Eve? Probably. Since she was like the mother of all or whatever. I would assume. Okay. I could be wrong. I, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. I have a hard time keeping track of, you know, like there's so many episodes and while I love that, it, there, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to like remember all of them because mm-hmm. there are so many you know? yeah and <laughs> so, there's many more to go I know so many like we're not even halfway done I think we've got like oh I want to say our halfway point is like oh let me let me math here real quick so so we're on episode 158 right now and 163 the halfway point so we've got a few episodes until we're even halfway oh my god we're not even halfway (laughs) oh my god we've been doing this for years literally four (laughs) years at this point (laughs) no it hasn't been four years we add a year on every time we talk about this no I'm pretty sure it's been four years or close to four years because the last our last like podcast anniversary I think it was three years and that's like March or something. Right. Yeah. So we're almost at, we're like three and a half, four years. You know? Oh my God. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Not even I wonder half. if we have any listeners who like, who like have stuck it out from the beginning, you know? Yeah. Who knows? That'd be interesting. Possible. You should email <laughs> sorry, us. It's taking so long. I know. If that's you, you should email us and let us know because <laughs> very interesting. We don't know. know. Like we hear from like people randomly here and there, but like I don't like. It's hard to tell if those people have been like listening to the whole thing or are caught up or anything like that. So right. Some of them we know, but um, mm-hmm. not everybody. So. <laughs> Um, so our research, um, from this episode is, um, so we tried to find a haunting in, oh, what was the town named? Like her, do I have it right here? Karen Crow? Yeah. Karen Crow? Yeah. Um, Karen Crow? <laughs> but we tried to find something there and we found a bunch of things close by um but not in that city um and so um this is uh where is this um where did it oh it's in lafayette um okay. which isn't that benny's last name too um I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> I think I thought, it's not that. Hold on. I don't know. Or something similar to that, maybe. Like Lafitte? Like, I don't maybe, think it's by yeah. Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't remember. <laughs> but it's similar. And then, so there's the main um, ghost in this <laughs> 
story is um, her name is Amelie, which is very close to Amelia. So it just all kind of seemed to work. <laughs> yep. Um, but this is um, uh, from the vermilion.com. Um, and it's about Tafrir's bed and breakfast, which I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I think so. Um, and it says, uh, every night as guests at the Tafrir's bed and breakfast lay down to sleep, they're reportedly haunted by the ghost of Amelie Camo, um, a spirit that continues to roam its halls after her untimely death over 100 years ago. Originally part of the Camo plantation in the late 1800s, Tafrir, Tafrir's... <laughs> <laughs> was the home uh, of Emily, a school teacher who was found dead at the bottom of a well on the plantation's grounds, according to the legend. Um, now, the 70-acre home located in Lafayette, um, which hosts guests, um, continues to house Emily to this day. Workers like Tafrir's <laughs> manager, Sabrina Terrazona, uh, say Emily um, gives them chills every day they come to work. Um, it's very unexplainable, Terrazona said. We hear footsteps a lot and doors move. Um, to Freer's, which has four original rooms, uh, the Mary, the Leah, the 1890, <laughs> and the Lafayette, um, according to Terrazona. Um, it says, the website adds around this time of year, people seem to experience paranormal activities. Um, it says, we had a guest in one of the rooms and it woke her up with a scratch on the bottom of her foot, Arizona said. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it says, and then she said she'd seen a woman's figure. Um, Arizona said they also had a bride in her party who stayed the night at Tafrir's and early in the morning they heard a gasping like someone was breathing. Um, mm. Donna Duck, <laughs> a worker for Tafrir's, said she believes the gasping was Amelie before she died in the well. Um, mm. We think maybe it was her, Amelie, taking her last breath, Duck said. Um, Duck added before she worked at Tafrir's, uh, she didn't believe in ghosts, <laughs> but because of Amelie and the events she's seen, she's changed her mind. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. um, um, I mean, the stories you hear and things that happen, Duck said, it's hard to not believe it. Terrazona said at one point a few weeks ago, she couldn't find her daughter in the house at first, but eventually found her upstairs in the 1890 room, claiming she was playing with a baby. So no baby was there. Terrazona and Duck remembered Amelie herself had a stillborn baby. Mm -hmm. um, she said she was playing with the baby in the baby bed, and she showed us the bed in the 1890 room, but there was nothing there, Terrazona said. Um, with so many hauntings happening in the house, Brad, oh boy, uh, Dupe, Duplachine, I'm going with, um, of Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigation said meeting Emily and investigating her spirit was a goal of his. Um, Tafrir's was a place I wanted to go to for years, Duplachine said. Um, we did a couple investigations of the place. Duplachine added Tafrir's was a great place and they got some evidence while they were there. We got some audio that sounds like someone whispered Emily. Um, Duplachine said, we also have a video where we used something called a REM pod, um, which detects electromagnetic energy. Um, Duplachine said the REM pod is used to detect electro electromagnetic energy in a room, and they were able to speak to Emily when she communicated back to them. Um, and then there's like a little sound clip, but it says um, zero minutes to zero minutes. So not totally sure what that's supposed to mean, but okay. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't want to hear shit. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> ain't nothing to me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like, okay. Not everything that happens in this house. Sorry. <laughs> um, but if you want to go look it up, it's off of the vermilion.com. Um, and the title is Lafayette home haunted by 100 year old ghost guests share their accounts. So now we're just <laughs> going to leave it at that. <laughs> okay. It says uh, Donna Primo, a previous visitor at the Trefere's house, like Duplachine, um, said she had experienced weird occurrences from Emily. At first, I didn't think anything of it, Primo said, adding, until we started doing the tour. <laughs> um, Primo, who went with her daughters and her friends for the night, uh, cited she felt something different in the air when she went upstairs at the Trefere's house. We went upstairs and I could hardly breathe, Primo said. Um, Primo added later that or later that night after she went to sleep, she woke up at around three in the morning to a nightmare about Emily. Um, I had a dream that the ghost came to me in a dream and she was crying in the corner and she was muddy, Primo said. She was mad I was there. Um, after Primo was woken up by Emily, she said she turned on the lights to something she'll never forget. <laughs> and there were two footsteps on the wall, Primo said. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, something's there. <laughs> On the wall? On the wall. Like something was walking up the wall. Oh. Blech. Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. Um, Emily said that she had fun and plans to attend. I'm guessing that meant Promo, not Emily. Um, Promo said she had fun and plans to attend again in the future. Um, something Terrazona said she encourages from guests. I'm guessing maybe tears out. Yeah, that sentence is kind of weird. I don't know who they're actually talking about, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, she said, I think it adds a mystic to the history of the house. So, yeah. Um, oh, cool. Footprints on the wall is a no go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a no me fly, right no go zone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay with any of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I cannot handle that. So, yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Um, so what was your idiot or asset moment from this week? Okay. So, um, when we drop Killian off at school, we park in the back of the school and, um, it's in a residential neighborhood. It's just like this street that's got like the back fence of the school and an opening in the fence and a path so you can, you know, walk down to the school. It's not too far. Um, but um, at like right where the opening of the fence is, mm -hmm. is a sign that says no parking. Yeah. And there's like a house right next to it. And uh, there's like a no parking sign in front of that too. Yeah, so like don't, don't block them into their house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. So a lot of parents, um, just pull up to the, the opening in the fence and mm -hmm. their kids hop out of the car and then the kids go, you know, down to the school and the parents drive away. So they call that like the drop-off zone, right? Yeah. Okay. But it's not a drop-off zone. Right? <laughs> it's, it's a don't park here zone. Yeah. For real. It is right. Yeah. Okay. I don't care if people, it doesn't affect me. Like I always park like further down and, you know, walk Killian to school and, and whatever. But there's this, um, this parent who has a kid in Killian's class, um, she said that she's been parking there and, um, not, um, she, she knows that it's the drop-off zone. Yeah. 
okay, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, that she, the other day was sitting in the car, her daughter was in the back eating and somebody comes and knocks on the window and was like, you can't park here. You know, this is a drop-off zone. And she's like, yeah. And I'm dropping off my daughter. And he was like, well, you've been sitting in your car for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, and she was not like, like a, well, you drive by, drop them and go like you're, you're sitting here. You've parked. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And she was like, well, my daughter is finishing her bagel, you know, and then I'm going to take her to class. And the person, I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl. Cause it's like a couple who's yeah. harassing people basically. Yeah. Um, but they were like, you can't park here. Like you need to move. Like, and then, um, I think a couple days later she, um, parked there <laughs> and went to get her daughter from class. Cause it was after school. And when she came back, there was a note on her windshield that was like, you can't park here. Like I've called the cops, uh-huh. you know? And like, she was so angry. You well, know? don't do the thing you're not supposed to do though. Like, well, she thinks that it's okay to sit in her car and drop off. I was, I was just kind of like, dude, it's not a drop off. So like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I didn't say that to anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, you know, just trying to be sympathetic to whatever. But then she got like mad and she's like, I'm going to keep parking there. Blah, 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 blah. So then I'm talking to another parent, um, one of Killian's friends, moms. Um, and she was like, oh my God. Cause she started parking in the back too. She's like, I, um, got this note on my car, you know, that says like that they've like called the cops because I parked and you know, where I wasn't supposed to park. She's like, and I didn't realize that, you know, until I like, Oh, noticed a sign that said no parking, you know, now I know, but like, yeah, I think I know who it is. Like, should I go confront them about it? And like there was, there was just all this drama about it's like, it. Like, why don't you just not do the thing? You know? like- <laughs> I, I was just, so, um, sometimes I walk Killian down to school and sometimes I stay up at the fence because he really wants his independence. Mm-hmm. So he walks with his friend, um, you know, down to the school and I can see him the whole time and where he yeah. stands in line outside the classroom. So uh-huh. I stand there and I wait for him to go into the classroom, you know, so like I'm watching him the whole time and, um, the friend he walks with, you know, I wait with his mom, like we stand up there and we were parked. We were parked. We were standing. We, we parked <laughs> our asses. <laughs> um, <laughs> standing with our asses. <laughs> <laughs> we were right next to the opening um, in the fence. And I, I can't remember whose car it was. I think it was the first girl I told you about her car was parked right there. And someone drove by us honked long honk, like Uh a really obnoxiously long honk. Uh So me and the other girl, we like, look at them. Like, what are we honking about? I know. Like what's happening Um, right now? (laughs) And she keeps honking. And as she drives by, she points at the car that um is parked in the no parking area uh-huh. so she thought that it was me because that first girl I told you about she's um she's a Asian girl too oh, okay and so I'm just assuming that she thought that I was her I mean, you know maybe but I don't know but but we were just like what's happening and it was like, just like it was just like this week of like drama I was just yeah. like gosh like, like why are we like this people <laughs> and then I felt like unsafe like crazy people are honking at me like what are they gonna call the cops and the cops are gonna come up and I'm gonna be like this is not my car like 
So. I didn't do it. It wasn't oh, me. No. Please don't say that it was me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing was just drama. So um, I haven't heard anything in a couple weeks about it. So um, every time I drive by that no parking sign, there are cars parked there with nobody uh-huh. in them, but they aren't the the cars of those two ladies I was telling you about. So I don't know ones. if anyone else. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else is getting the drama from the Oh, no, probably no parking couple. Yeah. It sounds like it's like a whole, you know, mm-hmm. thing for them, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the, um, one of the girls who had gotten the note, um, uh, had sent the teacher, like their kid's teacher a text about it, uh-huh. you know, being like, you know, what can I do? This is happening, you know? And the teacher sent the text to the principal. Uh-huh. So the principal, because that would be like your, you know, final authority on the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right? the one that would tell you what to do. You know, yeah. That. And the principal sent the the parent back a message that's just like, you know what, that's not school property. Like that's like property of the neighborhood. So uh-huh. we can't we can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, so which is and why there's a sign on the property that says like you can't park here, you know, because this is, mm-hmm. isn't your place to park, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was just drama. It was weird to be a part of it. Even, I mean, I just got honked at, but I felt like that dragged me in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is now my problem too. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, ah. <laughs> so anyway, what was your agent or asphalt moment? Oh, so mine, because tis the season for spiders. (laughs) I was going through the house and I like was cleaning their different rooms and like, okay, like when we moved in, they didn't really do a bunch of cleaning or anything. And since we've been trying to like get stuff out of the house and the garage and the shop and everything for so long, which we're still not done with, at least the house and the garage are like, the house is cleared out. The garage is mostly cleared out and the shop is nowhere near being done yeah (laughs) but um you know things have been disturbed and there wasn't like a lot of stuff moved around in general in the house like the furniture was kind of always in the same setup and everything you know like there was not really like deep cleaning necessarily that I can tell that happened right not mm-hmm. that there wasn't ever, but like in the last few years, you know, probably not. I mean, okay. When you're 89 years old, I understand. You know? <laughs> of course. Yeah. But, um, I went through and I was cleaning one of the bathrooms. Right. And I'm like, okay. You know, and by the way, after I scrubbed it, it was a different color under there. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, whoa, but like, I'm going through and like, this is before I got to the floors, but I was like, cleaning the toilet. So I'm like in and around that I was like cleaning the sink, cleaning mirrors, doing all this different stuff. So I'm like moving all over the bathroom at this point. Mm -hmm. I leave to go and get the floor cleaner, come back. And there's this huge spider. I'm talking like palm size spider. Like that was just chilling in the middle of the bathroom floor on the bath mat. And I'm like, what? you know, cause that means that I've been cleaning with this horrendous monster in the bathroom with me for the last 10 <laughs> minutes, you know, like, yeah. like you know, <laughs> Travis had found this big old spider a few days earlier and like 
lost track of it because he was like, okay, well, I have to get something to kill it with. And by the time he like found a shoe or whatever, it was gone and he couldn't find it. Like he searched for it and it was, it it was gone, gone. That's upsetting. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. And so I don't know if that was the same spider. I'm going to assume so, because he's like, that's one of the biggest spiders I've ever seen. And this sucker was big, you know, but anyways, so and Travis wasn't home. So I'm like, Oh God, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. ah. And so my go-to is, you know, having hairspray and spraying it down. So that way it can't move as fast at the very mm-hmm. least, or hopefully it won't be able to move at all. And then smacking the holy hell out of it with a shoe. <laughs> yeah. And usually uh-huh. that means like putting on my barn boot and stomping on it. So that way it doesn't like crawl up the boot because I missed with my hand or I don't have enough pressure the full length of the boot. So I like hit it with the toe or something and it's not, <laughs> it yeah. just decides to get up and run off, you know? So I kill it and I put it in the toilet and I like, I don't flush it because I'm like, okay, I want Travis to see this thing, right? Like yeah. I want to confirm if this is the one that he thought, you know? And of course he's like, I don't know. I think the other one was bigger, you know, because he's like trying to like say that I've never seen a spider this big and there, you know, and I'm like, okay, I've seen some pretty big spiders, dude. And I'm pretty sure this is one of them, you know, but like, uh, you know, so it's still undetermined whether that was the same spider or whether, you know, it's still in the house somewhere, you know, because like two or now, like three or four of them at this point, like big suckers that run real fast, you know, and certainly it's, (laughs) it's spider season and I don't like it. So yeah, the the little, little buggers are, (laughs) they are not invited into my house. (laughs) Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I just would freak out. they're, They're, they're gross. And I don't know, like, yeah. I don't know. We haven't seen any in like a couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that like the big guys have now been taken care of. And I think part of it too, was that when we had the AC units in our windows still, there was enough of a gap to where lots of things could get in mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't like flush with the window or anything. So, yeah. which drove me bonkers to begin with, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah, I'm hoping that now that the windows are like shut all the time and there's screens back in them that we won't have any more big old, you know, rideable spiders <laughs> Yeah, oh, <God. laughs> that are coming into the house. But every time I've seen a spider, you know, I like freak out and then, you know, try to find something to kill it with and, you know, uh-huh. make Killian like, cause Killian's usually with me, you know, like uh-huh. make him like keep his eye on it. Yeah. So that, you know, so I can go get something to kill it with and then, you know, come back and do it. So now every time Killian sees even the tiniest spider, he shrieks and like <laughs> freaks out about it. And it's just like, man, spider, you got to kill it. And I look at it and I'm like, it's like the size of my pinky nail. I can yeah. like see through it. Like I feel <laughs> kind of bad. You know, and he's just like, you're going to kill it. And I'm like, okay, I'll kill it. See, like, um, my thing is with spiders, if they are outside or if they're in the shop or whatever, like, that's their territory. I still don't like it, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have to kill them because yeah. 
that's kind of their place like in the shop is kind of like i don't really want them in with my stuff either so like those ones kind of yeah kill them you know most of the ones we find out in the shop though have been dead for a while so it's just like you know sucking that's them up good. with the shop back or something but yeah, <laughs> um the ones in the house like any spider any bug that somehow makes its way into my house they have signed their own death warrant you know like mm-hmm. that's yeah. it you're not supposed to be here you have literally the whole world to torture with your presence why are you in my house <laughs> yeah like, I remember um before we moved into this house we were gonna have oh it was my 30th birthday party mm-hmm. and I was um we had one of those the ceiling um was like the popcorn material mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah and down the hallway like the ceiling had never been really cleaned yeah so there's you know like what I mean cobwebs and stuff I'm sure oh yeah and spiders like Ooh. and yeah and I was just like okay like it was me alone one night <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna just gonna vacuum this all up <laughs> you oh, know? that sounds awful so, so I decided I'm afraid of them dropping on me oh I don't remember what I was thinking I think I like <laughs> I think I just like got into like a zone and was just like, you have to do this if you want to party. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was like, because everybody's going to be freaked out by your yeah. you know, multiple pet spiders, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I vacuumed the whole ceiling in this long hallway. And then I took a good look at the ceiling in the living room and it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the hallway, but it, it was still, it still needed help, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I vacuumed the ceiling of the entire top floor of that house. Yeah. Yeah. And it was disgusting. And I remember thinking, what do I do with this vacuum? Like, I don't think it killed them. Like they're all going to crawl out. Like, well, that's the thing is like some vacuums, do spin fast enough to kill them because I know people that use that they're just like oh yeah it spins and kind of blasts them into oblivion you know and it's like okay that's fine but like (laughs) most of the time I feel like they could just get right out of there you know (laughs) yeah I think I put it outside yeah (laughs) I was just like yeah I was like I I don't want I don't want this like but it was, it was a lot of effort. I mean, it was like hours and hours and hours for my life, not to mention like weird muscle power trying to vacuum. Oh, your neck and your arms and shoulders and stuff would be so sore after that. (laughs) Yeah. It was just, it was horrible. Mine would be for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Needed to be done though. And I felt much better about the house afterwards, but yeah, Yeah. gross. It was gross. (laughs) I like, I can't even do the spider thing. I know like, so when we were in the shop, we, so we finally got like, we found hay and everything for the winter. So that was good. Um, but to clean out the corner, because that's where like all the rat nests and stuff were, I was like, okay, Mm. we need to like vacuum, like shop back the floors and get all the dust that's been like contaminated, all the little hay pieces that have been contaminated out, you know, like we've got to like vacuum the walls of the shop as far up as we can reach so then that way all of like the nasty rat poo and stuff that's like sitting on the little ledges and stuff could go away and all that sort of stuff which okay by the way we caught our fifth rat today folks our fifth one and it is huge like I'm talking the tail is probably like a good eight inches long you know (laughs) 
anyway, yeah, nasty. Um, which, by the way, I do not like. I will tell Travis that <laughs> there is yeah. a rat caught in the trap, but I am not like. I'm not going to empty that thing. <laughs> yeah, but oh, you know what I hate? Before I forget, I'm interrupting. I'm sorry. I know you're good. But I hate those like mouse traps, rat traps that have um, that are just like sticky pieces of whatever that oh, yeah. they, I don't like the sticky traps. that they walk on and just get stuck to and then starve to death oh like what God. a horrible way to go unless here's the thing is that if you do check them every day or like a couple times a day chances are they haven't been there for that long so they're probably like they're not going to be starving at that point so mm-hmm. you can just like pellet gun them or something you know to like mm-hmm. put them out of their misery but like right. if you don't check regularly Oof. like they just die and if like my dad <laughs> in my parents house he put out a few of the rat, uh, the not rat traps with the little mouse sticky traps mm-hmm. like completely forgot about them never checked them and then when we went back to go and look at it way later because we were like cleaning that area or the garage or something and found it there was like a liquefied mouse <laughs> oh god sticky trap like yuck you know and yeah. at least to me the snap traps which is what we use so they crawl in snap they're done you know yeah. like so those you can open back up reload and use them again where the sticky traps you have to just buy a bunch of them and like try and like pellet them all before they starve to death you know which to Mm -hmm. me is just like too much work you know (laughs) yeah it is it's upsetting yeah so i had a some a friend on facebook who um had a rat problem i maybe it was a mouse problem i can't remember it was years ago Uh um but they use the sticky stuff uh-huh. and would like post pictures of like five of them on the sticky thing at once and just be like oh isn't this weird and like you got a lot of them if you've got five stuck to one trap that's bad dude <laughs> it was just horrible it's like i yeah. never want to see that you know don't put that on facebook yeah no Ugh. at least anyway. with these little snap traps literally like from their shoulders up you don't see anything it's just like a rat that's laying in there like there's no blood there's no whatever so it's like oh okay there's just a dead rat laying there which is gross but I mean it's yeah. not like gory or anything so mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. you know they went fast because those suckers are strong so you know what Travis yeah. did to test these rat traps to see if they had good strength he stuck his finger in it <laughs> oh my god set it off and was like ow and it's like well no kidding this is <laughs> you know like big suckers you know and his finger was like kind of bruised he didn't like break anything thank goodness but it's just like yeah why can't you like put a stick in there or something like why do you have to put your finger in it <laughs> it's like him to check if the hot wire is on for the horses he just grabs it oh my <laughs> like, god it'll shock him to hell you know like yeah like ugh, okay but anyway <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> it's yeah I, I i wouldn't do it but I mean, at least he does it. It's an efficient way to see if it's on, but like, why can't you grab like some pliers or something where you hold the plastic part and then you just see if it like makes a little tss, tss on the fence, you know, like, yeah, that's an easy way to do it too. You don't have to grab it. <laughs> exactly. Oh God. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> to each their own. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do it clearly, but <laughs> It gets done. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgetsandaspectspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.